Rusted Bucket Media Corporation. Hey everybody, this is the 401 Experiment. This is the intro to the episode where DJ Consequence and I discuss Lincoln by They Might Be Giants. Uh, DJ Consequence was sitting on his files for a long time, so I finally got him to send them to me. And I mixed everything together, so I hope it sounds good. And I would really appreciate it if you enjoyed this very much. Thank you so much. What is the 401 listening to? 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 Oh uh, yeah, hold on a sec. When I go and like cut this up, you know. Right. Three, two, one, snap, maybe. Okay. Three, two, one, one, snap. All right. And we're going. Uh, welcome to episode six of What's 401 Listening To, where I, your host, 401 Experiment, listens to an album and uh, have a conversation about it with my guest. And today's repeat guest is DJ Consequence. Say hello, DJ. Hello, DJ. Oh, for Christ's sakes. Uh, today's <laughs> album is Lincoln by They Might Be Giants. And uh, this is an album that I wasn't at all familiar with, didn't even know it existed, but uh, DJ Consequence suggested it, so we listened to it. I had to listen to it on Spotify because I wasn't able to find it anywhere. Oh shit, do a mark there, because we're not getting any money from Spotify, so I shouldn't say Spotify. Edit. <laughs> I, I listened to it on an online streaming service. Uh, how'd you uh, listen to it? Um, well, I've, uh, just now I listened to it on CD. Nice. And what's your, uh, background with the, 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 there was a big long pause there. You should probably get rid of that. Uh, what's your background with this? Uh, well, it's really the only, well, I've recently bought another album of theirs, but it was the first album I ever <coughs> bought by them. And it's funny because when I bought it, I didn't really know anything about the band. Hold on, I'm going to adjust this microphone. What led you to buy it? Like, did you say, oh, I've heard of that band. I want to know what they're about, or had someone said something to you and it triggered them? Like, well, oh. well, when I bought it, it actually was not even as Lincoln. Like, the CD case I have for it is actually They Might Be Giants. A different album of theirs called Apollo 18. So that's what I thought I was buying. And even that I didn't really know anything about. So I don't have the artwork or anything for it. I have the case and the artwork for an album called Apollo 18, which I think is the next one, maybe after uh, after Flood, maybe or maybe before Flood. I'm not sure. Edit. I'll, I'll well, we'll do a wiki or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So when I bought it, it wasn't even. Uh, oh, I got a call coming. Ign ignore call. 
Not gonna uh, know. It's one second. You do talk about your background with it. Well, I had, the only background I knew with they might be giants is there was an online cartoon called Homestar Runner, and uh, the might be giants did a theme song for it. And that's pretty much all I knew about They Might Be Giants, and I think they did the theme song for uh, Big Bang Theory. Those are the only two things that I had ever really known that I knew was They Might Be Giants, until you suggested this album. And uh, I couldn't find it anywhere, and I didn't want to, like, buy it before I knew what it was, yeah. just because I wasn't going to take that leap on a suggestion from you. So I like, got it on my phone, and I would listen to it while I would take little walks around uh, my neighborhood, which is kind of interesting because it's more of like a neighborhoody kind of CD there. It's kind of like a through line of community and hometown vibes on this album, and uh, that's pretty much my background on it. Uh, well, I'm waiting for you. Let me ask you. Episode 6 of What's 401 Listening To, where we listen to White Pony by Deftones. Uh, I'm not sure what the status is on that, if it's even listenable, because I remember we recorded that. Alright, I'm back. Okay. I was just talking. <laughs> it's like you were really rambling there. Good job. It's <laughs> what I do. I was talking about how episode six, White Pony, uh, I don't know what the status is or if, you, if, if it's listenable. but uh, It probably is not listenable. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I haven't gone back to it, honestly, because I've got a scared too. Maybe you just go through there and find like 10 minutes of, of gems, like a greatest hits, and give me that. Because I feel like okay. something needs to come from that because that was... I need a, a bookmark for that. Because it happened. That was the yeah, that happened. We, need to, we need to preserve it. Posterity. I don't know what that word is. history. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Words. Words. Um, so, my actu- so, again, getting back to my actual history with it, I bought it on accident. I didn't even know it was the album I was getting by them. I just knew who they were. And then actually listening to Open Mike Eagle's podcast, he always was referencing they might be giants and then like other interviews I've heard with him he references that band and just says like that's his favorite band of all time so it's like okay that's kind of interesting and again I you know I had heard their songs some of them growing up from our friend Marker for a name and yeah just crazy songs like Particle Man I can't believe you don't believe Particle Man Marker to drop Particle Man uh, well, maybe I've heard it, but I, you know. Particle man, particle man. Doing the things a particle can. What's he like? It's not important. Particle man. Is he a dot or is he a speck? When he's underwater, does he get wet? Or does the water get him instead? Nobody knows. Particle man. And then the accordion solo. Yeah, you should do a drop there. Okay. Triangle man, triangle man. Triangle Man hates Particle Man. They have a fight. Triangle wins. Triangle Man. Yeah, that sounds Universe Man. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Size of the entire Universe Man. He's got a watch with a minute hand, millennium hand, and eon hand. 
Yeah, I fucking love this band. Anyways. Um, so that was my exposure as a kid. Would play me these random songs. Another one called Whistling in the Dark, also off of Flood. Uh, the album that follows this one. Which is the basic chorus is something like... There's only one thing I know how to do well, and I've often been told that you only can do what you know how to do well, and that's be you. Be what you're like. Be like yourself. And I just remember Bob singing those lyrics, and just thinking it was the funniest shit I'd ever heard. <laughs> Again, that's why they kind of, they have this ween kind of vibe, also in just in the sense that they're musically all over the place. Like, if you notice on this album, like, no song is really stylistically the same. I found some, some similarities. Well, maybe the songwriting, but you know what I mean? Like, the way that it's treated, I guess. Yeah. You know? Like, every song is sonically different, I guess is what I mean to say. Not that they don't have... I mean, obviously, they have their own style of writing, for sure. But it's like every song seems to be its own world, if that makes sense. And I find that really... Uh, that's one of my favorite things about this album. Kind of what drew, drew me into it was like... Holy shit. Every song is just wildly different in terms of the way that it actually sounds, you know? Mm-hmm. Anna Ng? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't really sure what this... Like, the song is great, but as far as the title, I wanted to know what the deal was, so I thought NG might have been a, a chemical symbol for neon... Ga- I don't know. But uh, apparently... It's a last name. It's the abbreviation for nitroglycerin, but that's not what it is. It's, no, it's a last name. Yeah. Did you look that up, or did you just... No, I actually only realized that because of, uh... Oh, man. What was it? They were talking about this, uh... Whatever, some comic or, like, cartoon they were gonna make. And, uh... Yeah, marker for a name drop. Um... The name... Like, the, uh... <laughs> uh it was Chase the Dragon, so it was, like, gonna be this cartoon dragon who was, like, addicted to heroin or something. <laughs> And then Chris, like... <laughs> the dragon's name was Chase? His, his first, It was just Chase the Dragon. Is what this goes. Yeah, and then I decided to make his last name Ing. And you know he's like, you know, like, NG. I'm like, no, I didn't, but now that song's title makes sense to me. It's actually just a person's name. Because Anna, Ing, and I were getting old. That's the lyric. Anna, Ing, and I. I well, I, of course, did a Wikipedia search and... Uh... He was just looking in the phone book, and he realized there were like three pages in Ma- in the Manhattan Yellow Pages for that last name. And he's like, yeah, he, yeah. he didn't know it was a name either. And he's like, well, I got my song now. It's maybe a Cantonese, or I'm not sure what the actual it actually it is. is yeah. It is Cantonese, yeah. Yeah. And the opening uh, lyric, make a hole perpendicular. Uh, it's I think he's shooting a city limit sign because it talks about how they exit wounds in a different nation. Or a foreign nation? Make yeah, a I don't, make a I don't hole even know. I mean, I, with a I, gun I, perpendicular to the what? Uh, to the frame of this, to the edge of this town in a desktop cloak, or something like that. No, that's or not in it. the frame of this town with a desktop cloak, something like that. Yeah, I think he's shooting a city limit sign. Exit wound in foreign nation. I don't know. I guess I take that as just the. I don't know. To me, it seems it seems pretty vague to make. A few different connections, I guess. Well, that's what it means. That's my truth. With it. That's no, I, I, then that's an interesting. For I guess I, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get anything that 
that specific from the lyric, more like, you know what I mean? To me, it more just seems the, just the idea of like, I don't know, just shooting someone or a gun in general. This this idea of how far-reaching like the manufacture of arms can go. <laughs> That's more what I was hearing. Because, wow. you know, exit wound in foreign nation, like this idea of you have a gun here, but then it actually has an effect somewhere, wherever else, halfway across the world, we'll say. So the next time I listen to it, I'll listen to it through that lens, and you listen to it through the lens of he's shooting the sign. And uh, I, some of the breaks that they were doing in here reminded me a lot of Mr. Bungle, because it just would just... Oh, this, God, this, yeah, the song yeah. Would just I get stop. a strong bungle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get uh, a strong bungle vibe from this whole album, and again, just because of like you know the way California is, it's just like amorphous in terms of starts and stops. Like one, well, yeah, and just like one decided way of the song sounding. You know, again, their songs are more conventional than bungle songs, but in the same way, it's like really what they're masters of is like dressing up the music with tons of different clothing, you know, and different textures and ways of doing it, you know? And you can clearly tell they're using yes. a drum machine for the most part on all of it, which I think is really cool, too, because it's like you just imagine these two guys and, like, they're helping each other program this machine, and that's, like, a third member of the band, in a way, because so much is coming out of, like, a sampler on this album, it sounds like, to me. Yeah. Which is pretty remarkable for, you know, for when it was made and everything. I just think it's... I had never even heard of it again. I didn't intentionally buy it, but once I actually started listening to it, kind of blew yeah. it away. Every time I listen to it, I like it a little more, which is a, a really nice promotion for it. Well, it's definitely, yeah, I mean, it's a grower. I mean, again, I bought it probably two or three years ago, and I only started getting into it probably four or five months ago. You know, I bought it and listened to it, and I was like, oh, it's kind of what I expected. It's weird, whatever. But. I don't know. There's a lot going on, for sure, I think. And uh, it has 18 tracks, and the track one is actually 3 minutes 23 seconds, and that's the longest track. The shortest is a minute 10. So it's got... And I think the whole runtime is just under 40 minutes, so there's 18 tracks under 40 minutes. Why do you think they had so many songs, and why are they so short, and is that... Is that typical of the other They Might Be Giants records you have? Um, well, I'm just, I'm looking on Wiki now, too. Like, I guess Flood isn't the next one exactly in line. But, um, I think Flood is, is a little bit more, a little bit more, the songs have a little more length to them. Right? To me, this, even though that one is the same way and that it's, like, stylistically very kind they don't, of They don't place. feel so short when you're listening to them, though. Like, some of them are, like, a minute and a half, and it really doesn't feel like a minute and a half. It feels much longer. Well, yeah, and I think... I guess I'm looking at Flood. There's more three-minute songs, but there's a lot of ones that are really short on here, too. Flood has 19 songs on it. So, yeah, I would say it's... And those are the only two albums I've really listened to a lot by them. So, yeah, I'd say, as from what I've heard, it is pretty typical that it's, like... I don't know, some of them do feel pretty short to me, but I know what you mean. Yeah. They also, like, a lot goes on yeah. in a minute and whatever it is. So it's like, oh, that actually is a song, you know. But it's just super compact. And I don't know, I think it lends itself to, again, just, like, the sonic variance that goes on throughout where it's kind of all over the place. So this thing can just happen and then stop, and it makes enough sense within the context of, like you're saying, just even the breaks within a single song 
Like, it's definitely very, not necessarily cut up, but it feels pretty, like, choppy in that way. Like, yeah. All right, what's what's next? What sound is coming out of the speaker? Next? I wrote down the word choppy for the first song because that those opening guitar riff. Oh, yeah. Marker for guitar riffs. That's that was yeah 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 that was really good. Videos used to be really, really good. I know. It's like, oh, this actually complements the music. It doesn't make me just want to turn away and focus just on the sound. So uh, all you 401 listeners out there, check out the video for Anna. And I've always pronounced it Anna NG just because I didn't know about the name thing. So it's going to be very difficult for me to change that habit. But check out the video for Anna Ng. Anna, Anna NG. Track two is Cowtown. <laughs> think about that song yeah another one of my favorites and again just because i mean again tell me that this i mean this reminds me of ween for sure like something off the mollusk maybe even okay it's weird keyboards and like how about another kind of whimsical you know how about another band think about another band that it reminds you of a little bit well we already said bungle those are the two biggest ones probably but i don't know i got a meat puppets vibe from this one oh yeah okay i can hear that yeah yeah, it's really strange. It's really weird stuff going on in this one with like the, the back and forth with the left and right channels with the weird cow sound effects. I, I imagine it as a cow sound effect because it's cow town, but I don't know what the hell it is. Barnyard sounds or something. And like a big whistle. Like it's, it's pretty dark. You know what I mean? It's hilarious. Yeah. It's, I love this one. It's really good. Like when you were sending me those tracks... Uh, that I should pay attention to more. Every every song that I read, oh, Cowtown, oh, uh, you know, I've got a match. Every time that I read a name, I could hear the song in my head. Like, it it really, uh, I don't know, connected or clicked or whatever. They're catchy-ass tunes. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're very strange, and lyrically they seem very odd, but when you actually <clears throat> start paying attention to the words, I think lyrically... Oh, yeah. To me, that's like a, probably one of the strongest points of their music that I've gotten into is their lyric writing. I mean, beyond just how cool it is, the production and everything they're doing, to just make it sound fucking strange. Like, the lyrics are yeah. really strong when you actually pay attention. They're goofy on, you know, when you first When he, them, when he like, needs to be goofy, the they're this? really goofy. And when he needs to say something, he can really say something. When he needs to be very abstract, he's abstract. When he's focused, he's focused. It's... Uh, well, what's his name? They, I don't they even seem know. to be able to. Bl- they're both. It's John and John, and they both write and they both sing. It's not one singer, huh? Are they- you didn't see? And it's it's very much like the thing with Strawberry Jam or like with the Animal Collective stuff. Where you're like, there's two people. Who's doing what? And now I'm finally to the point where I feel like I can really tell them apart. Really, that's cool. But because there's tall. I mean, there's tall dude who's who you're referencing because he's maybe more considered the lead singer. John Flansburg and that's John. And John God, what is it? John Flansburg and John. Marker for Linnell. a name. Figure John out who they are Flansburg and then drop and it in there. Um, 
John Flansburg, and I believe John, John Flansburg is the Linnell. guitarist slash singer, and then John Linnell is more the lead singer who plays the accordion. I was, I think one of the first text text messages I sent you in reference to this was it sounded like uh, Ween covering Weird Al or Weird Al covering Ween or something <laughs> like that. And I said that with yeah. I said that with love because Weird Al was if not well that's if not the second like CD I bought sincere. it was the third CD I bought uh, actually I had that on tape I had that on cassette uh, oh me and Chris listened to that on cassette obsessively Al- Al- Alapalooza was the one because Jurassic Park was big and I uh, I really liked Jurassic Park and it had a Jurassic Park reference on the cover so I bought Weird Al Alapalooza. All right, all right. Let's let's keep this thing moving. Okay. Lie still, little bottle. That's just fucking super dope. It's got a really yeah. trimmed down jazz club vibe to it. Right. So yeah, you know what I'm saying here. They they're all over the fucking place, right? I mean. Yeah, and the lyrics on this one are fucking fantastic too. Just so different. Oh yeah, the lyrics on this one is yeah. I wonder if they have drug problems, or if this is if he's just writing it, you know, because it's easy to. I don't know. No, I I've, I've wondered the same thing, but just in like interviews and stuff, they just seem so. They seem very clean. Like yeah, they seem pretty put together. I don't imagine them being. No, which isn't to say they yeah they couldn't be huge into drugs. I have no idea. But. But yeah, the lyrics definitely are very much about drug addiction, you can only imagine. Yeah. Black coffee's not enough for me. I need a better friend. One pill at the yeah. bottom is singing my favorite song. I gotta get to that one. I gotta investigate. Uh, I hope that I can sing along. Purple Toupee <laughs> is track four, and I wrote down Weird Al under that one. And this one... Dude, I fucking love this song. I was gonna say, this is... if. If like I was the producer of this record and they came to me with 18 songs, I was like, hey, maybe let's let's not put Purple Toupee on, or maybe let's make that a B side of the. Oh, are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I mean, it's just you gotta listen to the lyrics during the verses. That's what. I well, really clearly, clearly. I remember the year I went to camp. <laughs> just starting with that, I don't know. Someone put their fingers in the president's ears, and it wasn't too much later they came out with Johnson's wax. <laughs> I remember the book depository where they crowned the king of Cuba. That's all I can think of, but I'm sure there's something else. Way down inside me, I can feel it coming back. Purple toupee. <laughs> is that so? That purple toupee is here to stay after the hair has gone away. So that's about <laughs> Kennedy getting his skull split open. I, that's what it sounds like to me. Whoa. That's what I mean. There's there's layers, man. It sounds goofy as fuck. I know what you mean. It's one of the silliest sounding songs, but even that opening guitar. Drop that guitar in there. It's a ripping song. Track it really is. Track five, Cage and Aquarium. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I really like this one. Uh, I think it's a riff off of Age of Aquarius, of course. Of course. But. Or at least that's what I got for sure. Where, like, Age of Aquarius is like, hey, we're all out and experiencing love and life with each other. This one's more of, like, the agoraphobic, uh, I feel trapped <laughs> and I'm okay with it kind of thing. Like, yawn as your plane the goes cage. down. <laughs> like, we used to be, we used to be different from the animals, but now we're the same because 
we used to be the same we used to be on the same plane as as nature where we were all out and out in it together and we were fighting back and forth then we kind of got dominion over them where we put them in zoos and now that the, it's kind of the same thing where we're kind of caught in house and they're caught in the cages and life finds a way yeah. you know what i mean that's that's a really good interpretation oh thank you so much 401 exclusive i like that the dawning of the cage and aquarium spawning don't wait a moment too soon spawning <laughs> of a, a, a cage and aquarium all right yeah spawning of the yeah. cage and aquarium yeah whatever edit 401 exclusive <laughs> track six where your eyes don't go this one is awesome too this is maybe my favorite. Yeah, it's it, well, it's in the conversation for me. I, I need more listens on this, but uh, where your eyes don't go is very good. And I feel like every time I listen to it, I pick up on things. But as I'm talking right now, I can't really think of of anything except that I remember it being pretty profound. Yeah, every jumbled pile of person has a thinking part that wonders what the part that isn't thinking isn't thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> like that that one <laughs> yeah he's got some lyrics man Did, and that's and that's John Linnell that's the tall goofier looking guy do you have that written down somewhere no that's impressive that's very impressive Dude, I've listened to this album a lot in the last like five months there have been nights at work on headphones where I'm like drilling parts for six hours and it's just this and flood just on repeat like probably listen to it three or four times all the way through and, and and probably the brevity of the songs might be part of that. It's just like, it doesn't feel like it drags because it moves so quickly, you know? Almost every song, I'm like, fuck, I wish that was longer. But it almost it probably is its strength that it isn't, you know? Yeah. Because they are generally pretty repetitive, and, and to some people, it would probably be like, this is so grating just because of the tone of his voice, but or their voices, I should say. Like, somebody's reading your mind, uh... What's what? What song is that? Somebody's reading your mind. Damned if you know who it is. That's Cajun Aquarium. Yeah, but the so the way you were other, singing. That's it, the yeah. other singer. That's the other singer. To give you example okay. of the difference of their voices, you can hear it. He definitely isn't quite as nasally. So Anna and G is the other guy. Is the short guy? That's John. No, that's John Linnell. Because that sure. sounds that's really nasally. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's main dude. Yeah. That's accordion guy. The other guy plays guitar. But yeah. Fucking love that that song so much. Track seven, Piece They're of digging Dirt. Digging through all your files. Piece of Dirt. This is also, I believe, Piece uh, of dirt. uh Definitely. Like I got a really strong like hometowny community. This is where we're from, and we can, can we bust out of this place? Do we want to bust out of this place? Kind of feel from these songs, and "Piece of Dirt" is one of those one of those tracks that kind of shares that theme. I think I can hear that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this one is great. I really like the lyrics in this one. I find myself haunted by a spooky man named me. I wish that I could jump out of my skin. That. That's like really, really good 14 year old poetry. <laughs> like, po- 14 year old poetry gets a bad rap, but that there's some good, there's some good 14 year old poets out there, and this would be that. 
Well, and it is you. You do realize that the the album name is based off of where they're from. Yeah, Lincoln, Nebraska, or because that's Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah, Lincoln, Nebraska is yep. the only one that I know. Track eight, Mister Me. I wrote down. Eh. <laughs> oh, eh. I love this one. Yeah. I, yeah. Yo yo yo. Yo yo yo. Yeah, I, would, I might I might not have been in the mood this morning when I was listening to it and taking my notes. So. Yeah, I, I could literally sing every single one of these songs. Like I, as soon as. Once a boy named Mystery bemoaned a sad regret, he floundered in the misty sea, and wound up sad in bed. He ended up sad. He ended up sad. Yeah. I fucking love the song. Uh, it sounds like it could be like the theme song for a Nickelodeon show or something like that see they and uh, they, i think they did the theme for big bang theory and all of their songs are like a tight minute so maybe they maybe that's what they they need is or maybe that's what they set out to do is just make theme songs possibly it's quite possible track nine is so th- this pencil rain amazing i wrote down eh for this one too oh seriously eh? i don't know uh, could, yeah, you gotta listen, dude. You gotta listen to it again. Change my mind. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know. Just again, just the lyrics. I mean, the strength of what he's actually saying to me <clears throat> makes a lot of the material what it is. Okay, I'll listen to it again. Track ten is the world's I, address, and the intro to this one is really, really great. And I wrote down spicy. It's got that Latin, yeah, that that little, Latin feel to it. That little guitar lick, yeah, it's pretty fun. Don't know quite what it reminds me of, but something. Yeah, and, yeah, and the, again, lyrics, fantastic on this one. You should, uh, I think. You should uh, see if you can drop in little snippets of lyrics from all those songs where we say, yeah, lyrics. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, lyrics. We can, or we can just we can just at this point summarize I feel like a strong suit of this band is their lyrics oh yeah and and their ability to be kind of chameleon like in the way that they deliver the songs that that's one of I mean that's a recurring theme throughout this whole album and each song being so short I could probably just recite the whole song here but I don't know if that's worth doing yeah we'll, we'll just drop in some some snippets some, of some key examples, examples of what we're talking about here yeah. The world's address, though. The world's address, a place that's worn. <laughs> Just that. Again, that's so fucking good. The world's address. A place that's worn. A sad poem that reflects a sadder mess. Oh, are Something you saying like address like address or address like a uh, dress? both and it's called address like address but the way he's singing it the world's address a place that's worn see i i always heard a place that's warm oh hmm. maybe he says it both ways it he probably says it both ways because he's you know it's got a, a place that's warm well because well because if you listen to the lyrics to the rest of the song it's, it's something like you know um what what is it I know all your secrets, no need to confess. Everyone looks naked when you know the world's address. <laughs> Under every garment, I can see the world's address. Interesting. The world's address. A place that's worn. 
Or it could be warm. I always hear warm, though, because to me that, that fits the pun, you know? Interesting. <laughs> Track 11. Anyways, lyrics, 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 and music. I've got a Track match. Track 11. You're stepping all over my uh, all over my lines here. DJ Consequence. I'm sorry. DJ Consequence. 401 exclusive. Put a marker there. I'm not trying to step over your lines, bro. Uh, Re-say re it. We got the, the ability to edit here. Marker. True story. Yeah, we're not doing tape. Track 11, I've Got a Match. Uh, the guitar tone on here is just really good. It's like that 50s kind of under the sea kind of sleepwalking thing and it's a really nice uh, love song this this is a nice this is a nice tune yeah and, and this i think this almost in thinking about it a little more talking about it there are a few songs that have a little bit they seem almost more conventional you know like they're not trying as hard to do the really weird stuff like this one and what was the other one um They'll need a crane, or we haven't got to them. They'll need a no. crane yet. That's another one where it, it it seems a little bit more dialed back, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, it's just like oh, this guitar sound, like this sounds like a band almost. It's not making you go into this other weird place. So yeah, I agree. And the lyrics are great, this... and they're also conventional. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's a little bit yeah, it's probably the closest on this one maybe that they come to something more conventional. I've got to match your embrace and my collapse. That's good. My face and your ass. I've got to match. <laughs> 401 exclusive. Have you ever heard that saying? <laughs> no. Oh, you no. really haven't? Oh, it's uh, it, they're talking about like a book of matches. Like if I take your face and my ass and strike it, yeah, I've got to match your face and my ass. But then, like, the joke is is that you flip them, my face and your ass. I got a met, you know. Yeah, that's, uh, goddamn. Trying to think of what movie it's in where he misquotes that. Uh, I think it's like Jim Carrey. It's not Dumb and Dumber, but I think it's Jim Carrey that says it. But they're talking about, okay. like, striking a match, you know? Yeah. Your face and my ass. <laughs> Track 12, Santa's Beard. Uh, if we were cutting songs, this one, this one would probably be cut. I would say this is the only <coughs> song I would cut, and I actually deleted it off of my phone. <laughs> she stands beneath the mistletoe, screaming for him to stand beneath the mistletoe, screaming. I like that's that's the one line that might make you like if you brought that up to me, and I was like, let's cut this song, and they're like, no, let's keep it. Remember that line, and I'd say, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. That's a really good line. Because I like, I like the repetition of beneath the mistletoe screaming and the juxtaposition of him also standing under there. I really like that as, as part of the, the lyrical picture that he's painting. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's a weird song. It's forgettable, I think. Yeah. But yeah, that is, that is a good line. Track 13, You'll Miss Me. I wrote down, these guys must love Mitty because... It's all... And this is the one This is the one to me that's very lean. But yeah, Mitty, go on. Uh, Tom Waits, he's rolling over in his, uh, in his whatever he's in right now. He's rolling over in his 57 Cadillac with a big skull on the front because he was 
all about actually capturing the sound not just pressing a button you know and these guys are pressing the button but and that's not saying that you know tom waits is right for being authentic i don't know i don't know about that i don't think they're pressing a button i mean if you listen to it it's a little bit more than that they're i mean well yeah obviously it's not like it's not like they're pulling up casio uh keyboard like pre-programmed drum beats like if you listen to what they're doing with a drum machine i think it's super inventive like i don't know yeah the drum parts the drum parts on this are fucking brilliant i think i'm not like better than live drum parts i've heard just in like because again to me i just see them both like in the lab like actually writing these drum parts as if they were written parts and i think that shows in like the way the songs come off you know yeah, that's not even even though the sounds are really cheesy. I mean, I know what you're saying. Sonically, no, no, it's that's like, not oh what I'm saying. God, I'm not. Well, that's that's the only thing I get from it is that sonically, it's pretty like it's very 80s. Yes, I agree, and it's that's it's it done made. very very well. My point was saying that Tom Waits, if he would listen to it, he would think that it's it's bad, and he would think that they're. Why do you? I don't know if I agree with that. Even I mean, because Tom Waits is Tom Waits has been Tom Waits is on one of Atmosphere's last albums, so. But his sure atmosphere is strictly sample based. His recording, have, his recording aesthetic was more uh, authentic sounds. If I want a sound that sounds like someone's slamming a door, I'm going to go over there and slam the door. I'm not. Uh, I don't remember exactly what he said in the interview that I'm thinking of, but he's like, uh, now you got me flustered. But he, I, I'm just I believe, saying, I don't he, know that Tom Waits would necessarily. I believe he was against enjoy the it. use of computers and things like that to make the sound when you can do it yourself. Like, if I want to, if I want somebody playing an oboe, so that person's going to be playing the oboe. It's not going to be a somebody doing it on a on a keyboard with an oboe sound. Is all I'm saying, and I'm not saying he's right. I'm saying that's what I got from listening to him say it. And then I was listening to this. I'm like, oh, these guys are all about MIDI. I bet you Tom Waits wouldn't, you know, or would at least have something to say about it. Hmm. Maybe. I like They Might Be Giants, and I also like Tom Waits. It's an interesting observation. 401 exclusive. (laughs) It's an interesting observation, one that I probably wouldn't make while listening to this. I don't know. I mean, I know what you're saying, kind of, but I guess, I don't know, I've... To me, music is by its very nature is so variable. Like it, there's, that's kind of the whole point, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I could think of a million artists who would be like, "Oh, this, uh, what would Taj Mahal think of this?" You know. Well, I, I'm not saying it's not relevant to the. Well, yeah, but I have, I have the reference. It's not where my brain goes, you know. I have the reference points of me remembering something that I had read. Well, not even remembering vaguely. I can't believe you don't remember this. I thought we had talked about this. Uh, uh, where Tom is, Tom Waits is talking about recording and how it's important to have the person that can make that sound. See, or play that just that sounds thing. like a bunch of bullshit, though, because he's got albums where he uses like drum machines and shit on it for sure. Yeah, all right, I'll try. I'll try to find it, then we can drop it in. I was unable to locate it. <laughs> I don't know. Track fourteen. They'll need a crane. This one's really great. I like it a lot. Yep, another one that's a little more. How would you say naturalistic or something? The instrument sound a little more. Yeah, Tom Waits would love this one. <laughs> it's accordion, electric guitar. 
seems to be like the driving instrumental yeah. part of it. Uh, and, and yeah, lyrics. And this podcast <laughs> is now longer than the album it's reviewing. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're definitely gonna have to edit this. Oh sure. Uh, shoehorn with teeth. I really like this one. It's uh, of course the lyrics. The opening lyrics are really great. Uh, Sixteen is stand on your own head. I didn't really. I wasn't very impressed with this one, but of course I'll need to listen to it again because I'm sure it's great. But yeah, this one's uh, one that I really like. Fucking banjo again. Just another. I'm just gonna keep repeating myself because it seems to be the recurrent theme of why I like this album so much. But banjo, dude. Just like where did that come from? Okay, and that ain't MIDI. That's someone. Pl- I mean, that's the other thing too. Is there is a lot of really great live instrumentation on this, aside from the drums primarily being programmed. You know, but and come on, the chorus: "Stand on your own head for a change." Like I said, I just need to listen. I need to listen more. Uh, Seventeen is "Snowball in Hell." Wasn't this one didn't really stand out? Well, I mean, when there's eighteen songs, there's going to be some that. You know, don't oh, don't get my attention. Definitely one of my favorites. I'll have to listen. Avalanche to Avalanche or Roadblock? Like that's 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 the opening question. Like, and to me, that's just such a great line. Like, you know, here's your options: Avalanche or Roadblock. Like, what do you want? Hmm. I, I love that. That gets me. And then the second verse is side effect or drug trip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Kiss me, son of God. And also just great. Yeah. I don't know. I, again, I like, I really like genuinely enjoy every song except the Salmon song. Like, I'm not just saying that. Yeah. I listen to this front to back minus the Salmon song. And I think every song is enjoyable. This one I would and keep one, and I would keep it at, as the ender because it's, it's a good uh, outro. Got a good outro vibe to it. Oh, for sure. It's definitely the ender. Kiss me, son of God. Just even just that title. So we've already said that uh, Anna Ing is the longest track at 3:23. No cheating on this. What's the shortest track? I think I already looked at it earlier because I was curious. You said it was like 110, and is it? Uh, um, I don't remember which one it is. I mean, Cage and Aquarium. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all in all, thank you for the recommendation. This was a really a really enjoyable listen and uh it's i told you that i had listened to it twice and then every time that it kind of comes up whenever i'm walking or whatever and it comes up on shuffle it's great because it's not like oh i'm gonna skip this song i'm not in the mood because it's fucking one minute two minutes i can get through it and you know they're just they're all really good songs so thanks for the recommendation uh let's see so we had we recorded White Pony after the Jeffrey Lewis episode. That one I'd like you to find some greatest hits. Is there anything you want to say about some of the projects you're working on now? Uh, some of the I don't know. DJ Consequences kind of uh, he's I might be going to early retirement here. <laughs> but my alter ego has got a bunch of stuff. You, oh, you're not recording all that stuff under DJ Consequence? No. I mean, I don't know. I made a little, I made a 
mixtape I should send your way. Yeah, do it. That I've been meaning to put up on the interwebs, on the SoundClouds. Other than that, um, yeah, you know, just editing podcasts. <laughs> what about what about you? Four hundred one. Four hundred one exclusive. Just uh, just playing around, really. Not really getting too much done. Just enjoying not getting stuff done. Like I've the last three days I've played guitar, and I don't know the last three days I've played guitar in a row. Probably hasn't been for months, but it's so. Is it writing or more just coming up with riffs? Just rough ideas. Just noodling, you know. Noodling. Yeah, I have I have that little looping pedal, so that's that helps. For sure. Uh, Mrs. Four Hundred One and I uh, this spring are going to be looking for a bigger house, and I've been trying. Oh, really? Yeah, I've been trying. What's what's that about? Oh, just where we've grown out of this one. Pretty, it's pretty small. Got a lot in storage. But in the new one, I've been saying like, you know, my my uh, green room is, you know, it's kind of, I'm kind of growing out of it. I need, I think I need more space. I need to have a <coughs> drum set. <coughs> I was gonna say drum set, eh? Yeah, I don't know if she's too into that idea, but as long as it's like a small one. Yeah, you can get something yeah. pretty, pretty minimal, you know? I think so. My friend's got a drum set in his apartment, and it's pretty stripped down, but it does the job, and it's not super loud. Just a five... I don't you even know, know if I need, need rack a, toms, just a floor tom, a That's snare, what I mean. You don't need, like, a 24-inch kick drum. You get, no, like, a small eight, kick drum and, like, a nice inch, snare. 18-inch. Yeah, and just mute the, mute the snare up, you know? Throw a fucking T-cloth on there or something. Or a wallet usually does the trick. Yeah. And like a set of hi-hats, that's really all you would need. Maybe a ride cymbal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but and that's that, exactly I mean, it. I would just get like... A hi-hat and a ride and then snare, floor, bass. Yeah, exactly. It's really all I want. It's really all I am good enough to use, too. I'm not going to be doing any really like great way to... fills that are huge, you know? Well, it's a great way to practice, too. Yeah. Like that's how I... As you know, probably last however many times you probably see me actually play out. It's like that's the kit that I use now. It's just kick. I don't even like a floor tom because I hardly ever even use it. It's like this is just an extra thing that I have to fucking carry, man. Kick, snare, hi hat. That's literally all you need because a hi hat can be a crash symbol, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you know how to use it, a hi hat can do just about anything. So, yeah, you should totally get a drum set. That would be. Okay, 401 exclusive. 401 exclusive. 401 exclusive. I gotta let people inside of my house. Okay, well, let's just stop there then. Thank you for listening. This has been What's 401 Listening To, where I listen to They Might Be Giants album Lincoln, and you should too. Goodbye. Bye. Rusted Bucket Media Corporation.